and looking for six readers. The first reader is Revelation 3, 20 to 22. The second reader is 1 Samuel 3, verses 8 to 10. The third reader is Matthew 6, verses 8 to 14. The fourth reader is John 10, verses 10 to 12. The fifth reader is John 1, verses 1 to 5. The sixth reader is Luke 17, verses 20 to 21. This week, I had a tr- little bit of a, not trying in terms of difficulty, in trying in the, uh, trying to help someone, and they so deep into their conviction, which is, wasn't very healthy at all. They were seeing all these evil things around them, and I had a difficult time penetrating. I want to hope that the Holy Spirit made some gains. I think so. And I think because of that, it may have motivated this evening's lesson. This evening's lesson is seeing perfection. Seeing perfection. Now, all the time we tell you to not see the ill in people, not see um, whatever ails them, because it's not the truth of them. We say that in you there is an indwelling Christ, an indwelling spirit that is whole and perfect in every way that knows no ill, that carries no blemishes. And we're asking you to rise above the limitations that you see around you. However, that is a very difficult thing to do when you're seeing the people actually suffering, when you're seeing the people actually carrying the ailment that you're trying to rise above. So the Holy Spirit this week Give me a mechanism. I just barely grabbed the download. It's funny though, when you get in a download and, and you get interrupted, it's whether it's the phone or whatever, it's 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 gone. It's gone. So but I, I got something. I got something and I want to share that something with you. So let's go through the lessons because this week experience tell me that we have to address some of the so-called misunderstanding that is out there and let's bring things in a proper perspective so that we can move forward and open ourselves more to what God is calling us to do all right so having said that there is two words all right first let me um let me get the readers and then let's let me get started with these two definitions that I want to introduce you to this evening that is totally misunderstood in the world. But let's clear it up tonight. I'm going to clear it up and give you a, a, a real good understanding of it before we start going into the Word of God for tonight. As I said, I had a difficult had a challenging, more challenging, um, working with one of one of our people who was very distraught. Her distraught is real. However, 
she is fussing. I just can't get her to turn her head. I'm just trying to get her to turn her head. Look over here. Look over here. Over here. I, I had difficulty too because of that. And I recognize some of the words that she's using being totally misunderstood, misrepresented, and so on. So tonight, there's two words I'm going to introduce that um, we don't normally speak of here too much. Um, well, one, I don't do, you don't speak of at all. So the two words are psychics and mystics. And I'm going to tell you what the difference is between a psychic and what the difference is between a mystic. And I'm going to use the word mystic in tonight's teaching. All right. A mystic is a person who sends the thoughts of God. A mystic is a person who sends the thought of God. They do not read human thoughts. Hear me? A mystic is a person who have the ability to sense the thoughts of God. They do not read human thoughts. A psychic sees a picture in the subjective mind. And this picture is always in the past. It could be in the deep past or it could be in the recent recent past. A psychic can only see the past. That's it. That's it. They can only see the past. Whether they're in the past or recent past. They cannot see the future. They don't know nothing about what's going to happen. They can only see what's in the subjective mind the real past or recent past a psychic can only see the past i hope you get it and don't mix this up with anything they can only see the past now i'm going to use another word a medium you, you hear a lot about this a medium is one who objectifies the psychic sense. Hear me. A medium is one who objectifies the psychic sense. All of you are psychics. All, every single one of you are psychics. But not all of you are mediums. Alright, you hear me? Don't go putting those set of evil nonsense and all kind of devil talk. I, I don't want to hear it. And don't put that kind of nonsense in your head. I just explained to you what it is. I want you to understand. And I want you to, 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 to stick with that understanding. I will not guide you wrong. So, uh, in essence, I'm trying to demystify these things. Because when we don't understand something, we put all kind of crazy meaning to it. So, I'm giving you a simple explanation. A mystic sense the thoughts of God. They do not read human thoughts. You go to them for no fortune teller. They only sense the thought of God. They do not read human thoughts. The psychic sees 
the picture in the subjective mind, whatever is in your mind, whether it's a real past or deep past, that's what they see. They only see the past. And I am telling you, Pastor Gloria Taylor Boys is telling you, every single one of you are psychics. Every single one. But not all of you are a medium. A medium is the one who objectifies the psychic sense. Enough said about that. I hope you get it. Amen, amen, amen. And if the person I was talking to during the week understands that, maybe it will help calm their mind. All right, so let us go now to this evening's teaching. I'm taking you a little bit deep tonight because the deeper you go, the more your consciousness expands. The more your consciousness expands, the more the God in you operates. You're giving God more room. It's like getting a bigger house. You're giving him more room to shine through you. So my whole objective is to expand your consciousness to allow God to move more freely in and through you. All right, so let's let's start with the reading. Each reading has some kind of relevance to tonight's teaching. So let's let's get started. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches, the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be. If he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Here's the reading of the word. Praise be to God. Next reader. Be not he therefore like unto them, for your fathers know it what things ye have needed of, before ye asked him. After this manner therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, 
forever and ever. Amen. For if he forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an earling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and flees. And the wolf catches them, and scatters the sheep. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Amen. Praise God. Amen. To God we give the glory. Next reader. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You all did beautifully. God bless you so. All right. The intelligence in an animal which directs its actions tells it where to go and find food and shelter. We call that intelligence instinct. Now, tonight, topic is seeing perfection so the intelligence in an animal which directs its actions and tells it where to go and where to find food and shelter we call it instinct it is really omniscience in the animal the same quality more highly developed makes a conscious appearance in man and it's what we call intuition. Intuition is God in man revealing to him the realities of being. And just as instinct guides the animal, so would intuition guide man if we allow it to do so. That is our problem. We must be careful not to mistake a psychic impression for an intuitive one. Psychic impression may, contr may control. They may control. They're, they may control your mind because you might believe because it's something you recognize from your past. So you want to reintroduce that back into your present. However, 
intuition remains in the background and waits for recognition. Intuition never controls. It waits in the background for recognition. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It waits in the background for recognition. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, all arbitrary control of man must have stopped as soon as he came to the point of self-knowingness. As soon as you recognize who you are, as soon as you know who you are, as soon as you're comfortable with things, people cannot dictate to you anymore because you will put them nicely in their place because all the time they didn't know, even as children, you train your child, but as soon as your child becomes to an awareness of himself, he will tell you plain out, no, I'm not doing that. So, all arbitrary control of man must have stopped as soon as he came to the point of self-knowingness. From this point, he must discover himself. But intuition, which is nothing less than God in man, silently awaits his recognition and cooperation. You hear me? I want you to put it in a different way because you must understand you must get this seeing perfection thing. So, God in man, which we are calling intuition, silently awaits his recognition and cooperation. The spirit is always with us. If we would but sense its presence, we have to sense its presence. It is always with us. The Spirit is always with us if we would but sense its presence. No, many people have felt this wonderful power working from within and have responded to it. And as certain evidence, they were not laboring under delusion. They have all sensed the same thing. Now, an experience happened to me, and I will tell you about it. I've been talking about it for a long time. I, I couldn't say anything. The only person I, it was so crazy. The only person I could tell was Pastor Boysen. And then slowly, gradually, I revealed bits and pieces. But tonight, there's an element of what I experienced that I want to bring forth for you tonight. Because the power of God working from within, all the people that has gone, who have experienced this wonderful power and have responded to it, all of them have it's more or less saying the same thing to one degree or the other. They all sense the same thing. And they didn't labor under no delusion. They wasn't under no spell. They wasn't um, crazy. They wasn't in any trance. It was nothing like that. Now, had the impression been a psychic only, he 
each would have seen and sensed a different thing because the psychics could only see your past. Whether it's your immediate past or your your way, way back in your early, early days. Now, as I said, each one of you are psychic. For each would merely have been seen through the darkness of his or her own subjective mentality. So each one of you, your experience are different. So if it's a psychic, the, you will you could have a, an experience, yes, but it will be different. Each one will be different. But when this power of God working through you, we see that everyone see the same thing there's some elements that were there and and the scriptures that we chose tonight is fitting for those elements that were there when starting we will talk about Moses and and so on so they all had the same impressions and they were all seeing the same thing now cosmic consciousness is not a mystery it is the self-knowingness of God through man. The more complete the operation of that power, the more complete is man's conscious mentality for the illuminated, for the light. The light do not become less but more. When that light enters you, when you experience that power of God, when you experience that light, you don't become less, you become more. You become more of yourself. You recognize more of yourself. You recognize the God in you. The, the greater the consciousness of God in you, the more complete the realization of the self through the divine, the reality. That experience broadens the spectrum. It isn't limited. It broadens it. Illumination will come as man more and more realize his unity with the whole. And as he constantly tried to let the truth operate through him. But since the whole is at the point of the inner mentality, it will be there alone that he will contact it. You could only contact God from within yourself. Speak to him for he hears. Speak Lord, thy servant hears. Speak to him for he hears. Always in such degree as one has a spiritual sense, he realizes the, the wholeness of his own soul. The great mystics, the great teachers of this world have sensed and felt the possibility of immediate communion with this indwelling Christ. This essence, because it's like an essence, it's like a presence, it's a feeling, has run through all theologies. All of them speak to this presence. It has caused much variety in interpretation. However, the only God man knows is the God of his own inner life. He can know no other. Hear me. The only God man knows is the God of his own inner life. He can know no other. To assume that man can know 
a God outside himself is to assume that he can know something of which he, he, he cannot be conscious. He can't be conscious of something outside of yourself. This does not mean that man is God. It means that the only God that man knows is within. That's what the scripture is testifying to. And the only life man has is from within. God is not external, but is indwelling at the very center of man's life. This is why Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is within. And why he prayed, Our Father, which art in heaven. Jesus has taught that as we enter into the one, the one enters into us and becomes us and is us. Jesus taught. It's, he said it's like a marriage. It's like, it's like a union. Now, the soul, the soul is like a union with the soul of man. The soul, God, oh my goodness, it is. The highest mental practice we could develop is to listen to this inner voice and to declare its presence. The highest mental practice is to listen to this inner voice and to declare its present. The greater a man's consciousness of this indwelling I am, the more fully he will live. This will never lead to illusion, but will always lead to reality. It will always lead to a, great, a greater you. All great souls have known this and have constantly strived to let the mind of God express through their mentalities. Now, this is where I want to, I want to focus here now. The Father that dwelleth in me, he does the work. That's what Jesus said. The Father that dwelleth in me, he does the work. This was Jesus' declaration. And he should be, and he also said, not limited sense of life, but a limitless one. So the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the work. This was the declaration of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it should be ours. Also, the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the work. Hear me. It was Jesus' declaration, and it should be your declaration also. So, this was, oh Lord. it is impossible to put into words or to put what some of the, what I experience because it is so hard. It sounds like madness. It is difficult for people to believe because it doesn't make logical sense. So, it is hard to put into words the experience. Now, 
I am sure there's lots of people that have experienced what I did. And they keep it to themselves. It's so secret. It's so holy. They keep it to themselves. And they don't say anything because people will think that they're going off a little bit. But there's a certain inner sense which at times sees the reality in a flash. Which illuminates the whole being with a great flood of light. Anytime you have a God-felt experience, there is a light. This was, this is not an illusion. Because Moses, coming down from the mountain, they all had the same experience. Moses coming down from the mountain, he had this light. Jesus, after the resurrection, he had this light. Saul, on his return from Damascus, he had this light. Uh, uh, let me let me tell you what happened. I took a bishop to a church, and at that time I was. Uh, Roman Catholic and it was not my religion so I didn't want to insult them I just came from work and I took this person to the to this church it wasn't even a church it was in a kind of hall they were meeting with women and so I didn't want to disturb so I sat on the back the back pew way down in the back and they up in the front praying and doing their stuff and I am just looking at them now in my job, I didn't used to, I come from Ottawa, and in my growing up days, um, there wasn't much uh, black people in Ottawa at that time. Now it's different, but Ottawa didn't have much industry. Ottawa was a government town, all embassies. So most of the people, black people, were um, embassy people so I get to know a lot of embassy people from schools and, and functions and stuff like that so but it wasn't unusual to be the only black one in a school that's that's not unusual at all and you didn't feel no way strange or funny you, you were treated just like anybody else so all is well so when coming, when I got transferred here and moving from Ottawa and that kind of scene, and I get transferred here, and the the, the level that I'm operating at, and, and I was very busy in my job. I traveled a lot for my job. I again didn't mix with a whole bunch of black people. Only when I was in nursing in Ottawa that I will I had some black friends, some black nurses, but again in my work we had seventeen writers and only two of us were black. And so now I'm in this church and they're all black women and I say, Oh my God, where did it come from? I've never seen all this beautiful black woman. I mean, it was a good bit of them, maybe about 60 or 70 of them, all black, 
beautiful women. And I say, where they live in? Because I live in now in, in, in this Brampton area. I didn't know where, where, where this beautiful woman coming from. So I'm, I'm sitting down in the back pew. And that is what going through my head. And I say, oh my God, look at all this beautiful. Look at all this. And they all dress nice and they pray. And I sing. I sit down and I say, oh my Lord, look how they're worshiping their God. Isn't that so wonderful? Look at that. How they're lifting up their Father because they're praying with such honesty and, and tears rolling down their eyes. And I'm just, I'm nothing too depressed at all. I'm just, I'm just admiring how beautiful they all are and how so earnestly they worship in their God and that that's all I am that's all that's going through my head I'm just geez, that's all the thoughts that is in my head I even try to pray with them but nothing I'm just saying oh Father God look at your children how they worship in you Lord, and all this and then the bishop called me up now it's not unusual for me to read the scriptures at, 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 at Sunday service. So I thought she was going to ask me to read. And, but no, she called me up and she tells some people to circle around me. And then the next thing you know, I fell on the floor. Now, this is, this is what's happening to me now. So I fell on the floor and I said, why, what, what happened? How oh, if you just fall on the floor like that? So what's going on. I'm, I'm totally not aware of anybody around me. I'm not seeing anything. I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm, my, my head is not with them at all. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even, I don't even know what they're doing. All I know that I'm on the ground. And I say, what happened? All oh, your knees just give away like that. Remember, I'm not into, I'm not praying or anything like that, right? And I say, how oh, your knees just give away like that. Oh, okay. All right. You better get up then. This is this doesn't look good. So I try to get up. Boom. I feel like if a heavy hand pushed me back on the ground. But I say, okay, so all right, Gloria, you don't understand what's going on here, but maybe you're supposed to stay on the ground here a little bit longer until you get a release to get up. Maybe that's what it is. And Maybe that's what it is. So I stayed a little bit and then I got up. But this is the part that I never tell anybody. I, when I got up, there was a fire. There was a blazing fire. This is what I never tell a soul. Now, I felt this fire like if it was coming up from my guts, but the fire was right in front of me. It was coming up from my guts and through my mouth. Now, that song like madness. It song like madness. This bright fire, like how you will see in a picture, this bright fire. I never tell a soul. Well, I tell Pastor Boys a little. But what I am trying to say, the more and more I read. Now, after I come out of that experience, a lot of things got cleared up for me. Father God, take away a whole bunch of little habits. I like wine. I like champagne and orange juice. I was never the big heavy drinker, but I like all these things. Well, all that is gone. It's not that I still like them and I still will recommend them to people because nothing wrong with it. 
but I can't drink any. I can't drink that even a little bit. I used to have a terrible back problem. I fell from a tree when I was a little girl, and then being a nurse just aggravated, and I suffered my back a lot. Back pain gone. I couldn't vacuum. I couldn't. All that gone. So a whole bunch of cleanup things happened that coming out of this thing, and even. Sometimes when I look back and I say, "Was this experience real?" Then I remember the fire. So all this to say that it is impossible to put into words sometimes what it is you see, and it's difficult to believe to realize that it is so. As it is to put into words, it is, it is, is difficult. I can, I never wrote about it because it's it's hard to write about it. But there's a certain inner sense which at times sees reality in a flash, which illuminates the whole thing with a great flood of light. This too might seem as an illusion unless the testimony were complete. But every person who have this kind of mystic experience have some kind of to some degree have this kind of thing happen to them some in a greater degree than the others jesus was the greatest of all his face was so bright that his followers could not look upon it they couldn't look upon him all anybody who have this kind of experience has have this this kind of a light that happened to them this is why it is said they were illuminated they have all had some experience whether it was moses coming down from the mountain jesus after the resurrection saul on his way to damascus they all had some kind of experience something with this light now it is interesting that light should come with an expansion of consciousness because that's what happened when the light happened my consciousness expanded this is what i'm trying to tell you the light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehended not we are all in various degrees enter into this sense into this illumination all people have sensed that truth that truth is light this light is not created it is not a psychological explosion it is something which something which pre-exists It is useless to try to visualize it or to make it appear. It is not a trick or concentration. The kingdom of heaven cometh not by observation. In moments of deepest realization, we must sense that one life flows through all and that all are some part of life. Now, I want to 
that's what I want to teach you to see, talk about this evening. But now I want to touch on something here. As I said, tonight is about seeing perfection. And I'm going to try to give you a, a mechanism to help you to see perfection. It is difficult to see perfection when the ill is right in front of you. It is difficult. So I am likening it to that you're making a cake. So let's say you bake this cake and instead of putting sugar, you put salt. So this cake is no good. Now, everything outside of you is an effect. I don't know if you guys could get this thing about cause and effect, but cause happen inside of you. Cause is spiritual. There's our Lord and Savior is the greatest cause of all. Everything, everything good comes from God. He is the greatest cause. Whatever happened outside are effects. All right, so you make this cake. Instead of putting sugar, you put salt. So this thing is no good. What the Holy Spirit showed me is that not to focus on the thing that is no good, not to focus on the ill, but form instead a new idea, a new creation, a new thought. See that, and as you form that new thought, that new creation, that new idea, you could make it perfect in your mind. So it's not about fixing anyone. It's about forming a new thought, a new creation, a new idea. Could you understand that? The Holy Spirit doesn't speak to you in chapter and verse. You get it in bits and pieces. But because this is something we're dealing with, I'm trying my best to get it over to you. It's hard to explain what you inherently understand. When these ills are around you, I don't want you to try to fix it. I want you to form a new concept, a new idea, a new creation. That's all. And as you form this new concept, this new idea, this new creation, then you let the law and the Holy Spirit do their work. You get me somebody. God bless you. I will stop here. Amen, amen, amen.